We are still studying Matthew, <laughs> but uh, we've been out of Matthew one evening and we've had a visiting preacher, Pastor Hyde, last week and we're still out of Matthew because when we were in Matthew, it was Easter weekend in that evening and very appropriately it fell on the Passover supper. And so we've gone back to Exodus and we began to look at the Passover in two sermons and the first one we've done um, <clears throat> We looked at the need identified in Exodus 11. The lamb was specified in Exodus chapter 12. And the lamb was crucified in Exodus 12, verse 6 and 7. And the lamb was identified by his prophet, <laughs> behold the lamb of God, John the Baptist, by his purging, by his purity and by his provision. That's what we looked at last time. Um, <clears throat> tonight we look at the results of the Passover back in the book of Exodus again and taking verses that we haven't already in the last sermon from Exodus chapter 12 <clears throat> Exodus chapter 12 verse 12 for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood that shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for these stern warnings people in our world and in that world then cannot say nobody told me many people today don't want to listen and Lord there will be a shaking one day as there was in Egypt to wake this world to the reality of your presence and what a terrible time it will be. What a terrible time it was in Egypt that day when thousands upon thousands had to die to get their attention. Lord, we do not, nor do you, have pleasure in the death of the wicked, but it happens because of their rebellion. And I pray that you turn hearts, those that have been testified to by the people of the church, those that have been witnessed to by the missionaries sent out, turn hearts to you, convict them by the, your spirit and strive with men that they might turn to you. Lord, that we might be as Christians a good testimony, that we might be like Israel and do that which we've been instructed to do for the glory of the Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> we all know if we've been around the word and in the sermons uh, enough that the ultimate result of sin is death uh, this night in Egypt the result of God executing the judgment of verse 12 that we read on sin was nullified where the blood had been applied 
Praise God that death can be nullified. The results of sin can be nullified by the application of the blood. Aren't you glad? The blood on the doorpost of our hearts, I pray, has been applied. But God must execute He is a righteous God. He is a holy God. He is a just God and he must execute judgment on sin. He cannot let it go on continually without end. God being who he is and his character. He's done all he can and it's only a course of so long, so many years that he lets it go. How patient our God is that almost 6,000 years from creation, that'll be up in about 2032 or three, according to Usher's chronology of the Old Testament, 6,000 years. What's the number of man, folks? <laughs> Six. Time's up, I think. God's long patience is running out. He's long-suffering. And his mercy and his grace in the longest period of God's dealing with mankind has been the age of grace in which we live. And that just shows how gracious our God is. Has the blood been applied, according to the verse we read, verse 13, to your heart, to our hearts? Let's turn to Romans 5 and verse 12. And uh, some might already be quoting it. <clears throat> For as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Yes, the sentence of sin is death. The sentence upon Egypt. Now, these folks in Egypt had been warned. They had been told. They had seen. They had experienced God's judgment. Had they not? How many plagues had already happened? Nine. Tenth was coming. They had been told. Folks, the world has been told. The internet is, can be used for very bad things, but can be used for very good things too. <laughs> and the word is being spread via many churches around the world where people can just plug in and listen. And listen to the message being preached. And it, it, there is no excuse by one man Adam's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men. All men. Nobody is exempt from this judgment of death. It's appointed unto man once to die, but after that the judgment. Verse 15 to 19 of Romans 5, we read, Not as the offence, so also is the free gift. For if through the offence of one, who's that? Adam. Many are dead. Who's that? All of us. Much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded to many. All. It's, av it's, it's available for all. Appropriated by those that apply the blood. And not as it was by one that sinned, Adam, so is the gift for, for the judgment was by one to condemnation. Tight with John three, seventeen. This is the condemnation that that's life being given, but they don't believe. But the free gift is of many offences unto justification. 
I mean, it's simple as you stop and think through these sort of verses. For if by one man's offence death reigned by one, Adam, overall, much more they who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Reign, that's kings. That's what kings do. Christians, this is, where, this is our position now. Therefore, as by, by the offence of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. How many people did the, the, the condemnation come upon? All men. But the free gift is upon, can be for all men. That's everybody. Jesus didn't die just for a few. He died for all. And that's why the judgment is so severe on those that reject what God through his Son, has done for us. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. They're very easy verses, I think, to understand. And we've already quoted Hebrews 9.27. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and these wonderful verses that Paul penned when he... Ex Exposed the um, teaching on resurrection comes at the conclusion of the chapter in verse 40, 54. He said, So when this corruptible have put on incorruption, and when this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying, and is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. So sin and its effects have been nullified by the sacrifice of Christ. Sin and its effects for the Jewish people that night was nullified. No death in the houses of the people that had the blood applied. And uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 9 and 10 you can read too. Sin was nullified. That's one result. The second result, we see the people were fortified in Exodus, back in Exodus chapter 12 and verses 14 down to 20, and this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout all your generations. You shall keep it for a feast by ordinance forever. Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. What are the Jews still doing? What, did they, what have they been doing in their, in their captivity all around the world for the last 2,000 years even? Remembering this Passover feast. And now as a nation, they are remembering this feast, along with Purim and other feasts they remember, but they're remembering there. How long ago did this, this happen? Start thinking, this is before David. David was around 3,000 years ago. It's uh, before the kings. So uh, th th this, was happened, this happened way back there, just after they came of Egypt, before the judges came in. So you're talking 3,500 years ago. And they're still remembering it. <laughs> and we will forever remember the, 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 the Passover because of what Christ, happened to Christ, our Saviour, on the same day. Uh, it's an ordinance forever, as is written in verse 14, the last part of that, and also verse 17. By an ordinance forever, ye shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. In the selfsame day that I brought you your armies out of the land of Egypt. When you think of an army coming out, you think of swords, spears and all those things. They had none of those. They were slaves. But they were an army for God. Uh, the people were fortified if they applied and remembered the Passover feast. 
For whosoever eateth that which is leavened, in verse 19, even that soul shall be cut off. This is strict. You say, if you're going to include leaven in the Passover feast, that soul shall be cut off. And how many a church today puts leaven in the feast? How many people, how many churches today crucified afresh the Son of God by blasphemously partaking and saying the elements turned into the literal body and blood of Christ? That, is, that brings them under condemnation. They have put leaven in the feast. And how many walk up and down the aisle in all their robes and garbs they wear, puff, wave in their smoke? How many sprinkle holy water, so they say? Leaven in the camp. And God does not tolerate that. That soul shall be cut off. Those that do not remember the feast. And I think it's very important that we remember the Lord's table. Lest we forget. And that's what we, we spoke about a few weeks ago. Um, <clears throat> how many are leavening the gospel today? I mean, there's many ways we can put leaven in things. Watering down the truth of God's word today. Because of the, because of the fear of the faces of men. There's no more sacrifice for sin if one has trodden on the blood. You know, these, these truths are so true that come from this feast of the Old Testament translated by illustration into the New Testament. The people are fortified if they're in the blood, under the blood, <laughs> washed in the blood of the Lamb, we sing, and we read in the Scripture. There's no more sacrifice for sin. Hebrews 10, 26 to 31 speak of that. But a fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation upon those that will not trust, but water down that which God has given. And as we mentioned last time, get your hymn book and take all the songs that talk about blood out of them. Take all the songs that talk about sacrifice out of them. And this is what they've done. Take it out of the sermons. Ah, the people are not fortified against the death angel that comes when he knocks on their door. We are made nigh, as it says in Ephesians 2, 11 to 13, by the blood of Christ. The middle wall of petition has been broken down between Jew and Gentile. We're, we're drawn in as his children, fortified. Hey, we need to be fortifying ourselves with the word of God, with prayer, with fellowship, and under the blood. And then we find, thirdly, the promise ratified or bona fide. Exodus twelve twenty one. And then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take unto you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And you shall take of a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that's in the basin, strike it on the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning there's a lot of applications here isn't there you're saved stay in the house under the blood don't go out you'll be smitten don't get out of fellowship with God stay in fellowship with him and the fellowship of the saints for the Lord will pass through and smite the Egyptians and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and the two side posts the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer 
the destroyer to come into your houses to smite you. And so the promise was ratified, it was fulfilled. We see in verse 28, the faith of the people and the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. And I'm sure that some Jewish people told their neighbours who were Egyptians whom they loved that you need to do this tonight. I wonder if there's some Egyptians that went out with the Israelites that had the blood applied and believed in the truth. But the faith of the people is seen in verse 28. They did it. I wonder if any Israelis didn't do it. I'm surprised that Korah did it for the way he acted when he got out into the wilderness there and stood up against Moses. But we see the fulfillment of the promise in verse 29. And it came to pass, midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne under the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was great cry in Egypt. For there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up, get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go serve your Lord as ye have said. So there's a few phrases that we not only see the faith of the people, the fulfillment of the promise, but the fervency of Pharaoh. He said, Go. He said, Be gone in another verse. He said, Get you forth in another verse. He was urgent. In verse 31, go serve your Lord, take your flocks and herds and everything and be gone and bless me also. And in verse 33, the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we are all dead men. The fervency of Pharaoh to get rid of the children of Israel as Moses had been requesting them time after time to go out of the land. And the promise was fulfilled. That happened that night. This world does not believe the word of God. Unsaved people. One day the church is going to disappear. And then it will be all on. It will be nothing but pure wrath. Nothing but judgment. And I'd say there's, we know in two judgments of the twenty. How many are there? Seven times three is 21 plus another seven, 28. Clearly told judgments. Only two wipe out half the people of the world. You think the plagues of Egypt were bad and people will cry for mercy and there will be none. They'll cry for the rocks to fall. There will be none. Ah, But praise God, there will be for those that truly repent. And recognize the Lord. But what a terrible time to put yourself in. When you don't have to. Because the day is the day of salvation. The Egyptians could have applied the blood. People today can apply the blood. But we know friends. And you know family. And as I look around I can think of family members. Of church people here. That have not applied the blood. The promise has not been bona fide or ratified upon them. And and one night there will be an urgent cry. One night there will be weeping and bitterness for all those that have gone in judgment. 
You know, I've just been thinking a little bit about hell and maybe preaching a sermon on it. Let me just say hell or hell. Huh. Our prime minister, I mean, our opposition leader said he doesn't, Bill doesn't believe in it. He believes in heaven. Unless he repents. Uh-huh. It's as real, it's as hot, it's forever. It's where the worm dies, not the fire is not quenched. For on and on for eternity. If you've ever been burnt with a little bit of fire or something and you know how it hurts. Right. We can't imagine the pain of hell. And all these people that died that night went there. And all the people that died since then, all of them, if they did not get under the blood, they're there. And there's people slipping out into eternity three a second. Three a second going to hell. Very few going to heaven. But praise God for the, the, the tens in the minute that are. <laughs> Heaven's a busy place. Especially with the population like it is now. Has it been ratified upon you? The favour of the people before the Egyptians is seen in verse 34 and 36 where they urged them to get out and gave them whatever. Just take it. And it is said in history there's a dark place in, in, in Egypt's history because it was a great empire in times past and it's still digging up terms. Another one this week. But there's a dark place where things seem to have just stopped and they were invaded from the north as well. And the Egyptians were bought, bought very... Not only this happened when the Jews went out, but there was invaders come and invaded them when they were at a weak point because they lost their army too, drowned in the sea. You see, unsafe people think it's okay. We just go, you know, all goes on as it is. We'll have our elections and we'll do this and we'll do that and we'll try to buy votes for the people. <laughs> I don't know where the millions of dollars are coming from. 40 million, 10 million, just sort of just over the top of your head. Huh? It, it's got to the point where you know, $100, $100 million or to this and that and trying to buy votes. It, all this is going to stop one day <laughs> and the Lord's going to be in charge and the people will be horrified at what comes under the blood. The people are sanctified in verse 1 to 3 of chapter 13. And the Lord spoke unto Moses saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, Whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. <laughs> the Lord said unto the people, Remember this day in which ye came out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For by strength of hand the Lord brought you out from this place. There shall no leavened bread be eaten. This day came ye out in the month of Abid. <clears throat> the people were sanctified, as it reads there in verse 12. Of the same chapter 13, that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix and every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast, and males shall be the Lord's. And every firstling of an ass shall be redeemed with a lamb, and if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break its neck, and all the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. Hmm. Oh, verse 14, it come, and it shall be when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What is this that thou shalt say unto him? Be, 
By strength of hand, of hand the Lord brought us out from Egypt and the house of bondage. And the people were sanctified. The lamb died for the firstborn. Now the firstborn belonged to God. The Jews were a purchased people, just as we are. If you'd like to turn with me over to the book of Corinthians, chapter 6, verses 18 and 20. We're redeemed to God, we're his. We're a sanctified people, and we ought to be. As was in the adult class this morning, the fruits of the Spirit should be being manifest daily in our body, not the works of the flesh. Chapter 6 of the book of Corinthians and verse 18, Flee fornication, every sin that, do, that a man doeth with is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, who is in you, whom ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Ye are brought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The people are to be sanctified. We are to be sanctified. They were to be set apart. <clears throat> What could we say today is the firstborn or the first fruit of our lives? Um, of our lives for him, for him, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Name what you have on top of your list as something you wouldn't let go. Take it. That's the firstborn, <laughs> the best, the best lamb, the spotless lamb. What is it that you're holding on to that's the first? Hey, it goes right through life. Because we are his, because he has purchased us with the blood, we are separated, we are sanctified, and all the first things. You know what we must do in our Christian life? We give him the leftovers. Ah, think about it. What about the first fruits of our life? When we go to understand and comprehend what the Lord has done, what are young people, what about giving him that and onward? <laughs> you see, there's, there's so many errors. I've just written a few down here. The first fruits of our life, the, the first fruits of our day. To the Lord. That starts at midnight. If you want to get up. <laughs> if you, if, hey, if you get woken up by a lack of sleep some way, you know what the best thing to do? Pray, read, meditate. Don't waste the time. Use it as the first fruits of the day. The first fruits of our talent. What are you good at? What has God gifted you with? What do you use it for? Who do you use it for? You see, the first fruits. These are sanctified for the Lord. The first fruits of our time. The first fruits of our thoughts. What do we think about? I know, you know, you get into work and busy, busy, and it's that. But uh, when you're on a bulldozer, you can think. You don't have to think about what you're doing. You do a little bit. But you can think <laughs> about things. And then go through thoughts. And if good thoughts come, you write them in the dust on the bonnet so you don't forget them for later on. <laughs> but 
with your finger. You can scratch them up on the bonnet. <laughs> How many messages have been born that way? But think about the Lord. What about our giving too? Ooh, that's a sore point. <laughs> the first fruits of our income. These are all first fruits that we can give to the Lord. And it's to our rebuke that most times we think of him last. Uh, if you get a windfall, you know, financial something happens and where does it? The first fruits. You see, I'm just saying it. You, you, I don't want it, but you need to give it to the Lord. And these, these people did that to start with. They got off to a good start. Trouble is they didn't keep doing it. The day was dignified in chapter 13 and verses 4 through to 10 of the book of Exodus. This day came ye out in the month of Abib, as we said. Bibi, that's what they call um, Netanyahu, not with our A on the front of it. Um, <clears throat> and it shall be that when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, which he swore unto the fathers to give thee a land flowing with milk and honey, that thou shalt keep this service in this month. Seven days shalt thou eat unleavened bread, and in the seventh day shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and there shall be no leavened bread be seen with thee, neither shalt there be leaven seen within all thy quarters. And it's strict. <laughs> leaven is a picture of sin. No sin in the camp for seven days. <laughs> Completely separated. And the day was exalted and dignified. This day was to be remembered forever as a great day of deliverance, a day of new beginnings, a day to be remembered, a day not to forget. Let's turn to First Thessalonians <laughs> chapter 1 and verse 9. And Paul was highly commending the Thessalonians in that they got saved so quickly, got established quickly, grew in the Lord and suffered terribly, but still they were hanging in there. <laughs> they weren't giving up, they weren't quitting. And he said in chapter 1, verse 9, For they themselves show us what manner of entering in we had unto you. This is people talking about the Thessalonians show Paul that there was, you had a great day in the Thessalon among the Thessalonians, Thessalonians. And how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. So Israel turned to God from idols on this day. They were sanctified and they went out. And they went out and then they, <laughs> and they got hemmed in at the, red, at the sea, didn't they? And then what did they say? Oh, you brought us out to die. They were already given up a day or so. That day, wasn't it? <laughs> Later. That they were, and then they got, they got through the Red Sea. What a miracle to behold all the ten plagues then the the, the one, well, this tenth one here the death of the firstborn then the opening of the sea then out into the wilderness and then the grizzle grime grizzle grime all the way through and there's these ten times it seems to be ten times that they complained um, <clears throat> but the day was dignified a day was set apart and how you turned to God from idols. Remember the day you turned to God from idols? You came out of Egypt. The blood was applied. Remember the day you got saved? <laughs> I pray that we do. Remember that day. In Psalms, just reading through them all lately. In Psalm 78 there in verses 1 to 7. They're told, they're reminded in other chapters of Psalms. They're reminded of the 
great things that God did and they always seem to mention the wilderness wanderings and the deliverance from Egypt. Remember these things. When we don't remember, we forget and we aren't thankful anymore. But remember these things. And we read on in those verses, well, verse 10, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivered us from the wrath to come. Praise the Lord that he's delivered us. So that day is dignified. That day can be remembered, that day of celebration. How many birthdays have you? Hopefully two. Can you remember the first one? No, you're too young. But the second one, can you remember the day? You might remember the day if you were too, if you're younger, but when you're, if you're older, you remember the day, you remember the place, you remember the persons involved, you remember the counsel given, you remember the Lord speaking to your heart, you remember the day, and the day is dignified. It's the second birthday. You should have a party on your second birthday more than your first because it's the most important one. It leads you on to eternity. The Jews did and they have, and they've done it for three and a half thousand years. Remember the, day, the birthday of the nation. Came born in Egypt, come out of the world and separated unto the Lord. The Christian, the Passover illustrates the Christian salvation through the blood of the Lamb. But there is more to the Christian life than being saved, isn't there? Israel's experiences in their journey from Egypt to Canaan are pictured in the battles and blessings of the Christian life. God wanted Israel in Canaan and he could have taken them there the short way. And Canaan is a picture of the victorious Christian life, not of, he not of heaven. The life of, claiming our in the life of claiming our inheritance in Christ, Ephesians 1 and verse 3. That's what we have in the Lord Jesus, a wonderful future. Alas, too many Christians, like the Jews of old, are delivered from Egypt. They got saved, they can remember the day, but they get lost in the wilderness of unbelief. Yes, they are saved by the blood, but they fail to claim the rich, their rich spiritual inheritance by faith. We see in these two chapters different experiences, and it goes on from there. That was a, an illustration that I read from at that time, this time. Uh, <clears throat> but the day is dignified. But what's happening now? Where are you? And then there's a whole, there's, you can go for 10 to 12 sermons on the wilderness wanderings and the gripings. <laughs> And see all the complainings. And you say, there I am. Oh, there I am again. <laughs> and there I am. Oh, no. Deliver me from the wilderness, Lord. I want to go into Canaan in the promised land. I want to be a Caleb. I want to be a Joshua. I want to be victorious. Not just remember the day of deliverance, but the days of victory in the Lord Jesus. And when Caleb and Joshua said, let's go, the people wanted to stone them to death. And Christians that stand up, rise up and speak up for the truth of God's word will be persecuted by other Christians. Isn't that terrible? That's what happens. And uh, even when you get into the land of Canaan, there can be some losses too. AI. Remember AI. <laughs> remember Jericho. But what about AI? Defeated and lost their lives. Sin in the camp. Oh, how we Christians need to be Constantly reminded from the word of God, we need to be on the victory path. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the story, the history of the Passover. Thank you for Christ, our Passover, who is sacrificed 
for us. Thank you for salvation, deliverance from Egypt. Thank you for the memory of the day and the place and the people involved. But as we're older and look back as Christians, what about the victories? What about the defeats in the wilderness? How many times have we been overcome by the flesh and the old nature? How many times have we been controlled by the Spirit and have the fruits of the Spirit evidenced in our life? Lord, forgive us for our failings. You know our frame, we're but dust. But may we have more victories than defeats. May we be in Canaan with Caleb and Joshua, fighting the giants, defeating the enemy without leaven in the camp. Bless us now as we go our way to walk our Christian life in a wicked world, and may we warn the world out there that judgment is coming, and the more than the firstborn are going to die in this judgment. Multitudes, billions of people, May they trust the Lord before it's eternally too late and they go to a horrible hell for eternity. Bless us with salvation, Lord, our nation, Israel, others in the world with the good news of the gospel. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.